The following podcast contains adult material. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This content is not safe for work. If you are a pearl clutcher, a prude, or a pious type, just don't listen. You're listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. I am your host, Laura Coronado. Thank you for joining me. You're listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. My name is Laura Coronado, and I am your host, and this is Season 4, Episode 27. This is the first episode of Season 4, and I feel like I owe you an apology. I feel like I have to start with an apology. My logical mind is saying, no, you don't, Laura, but the emotional part of myself is like, uh, I kind of do, because I, I, I feel like I failed you. You know, I should have released Season 4 last year in 2021. Right now, as I record this, it's late January 2022. So last year in 2021, I only released season three. And I'm pretty sure I made a commitment on the podcast, maybe on social media. Hey, I'm going to do season three and season four 2021. And I just couldn't do it, y'all. Y'all know it was a shitty, shitty fucking year. And it took its toll on me just like it did everybody else. And I just could not muster the energy and the focus and the wherewithal to create another season. Now, you know, like I do everything else in life, I am doing this podcast alone. So I come up with the content alone, I record it alone, I pay for the website alone, I whatever fees are associated, I do that alone. And I edit and produce it alone. And it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I, you know, I'm excited to do it right now. I'm excited to do it for season four now. I just couldn't muster up the excitement and the energy to do it last year. So if I disappointed anybody, I truly do apologize. I hope you understand. And thank you to everyone for being patient with me and listening now. Um, so just to catch up on my life, well, I'm still single. Nothing's changed there. I'm not in a relationship. Uh, There's not even anyone I'm talking to right now. I mean, since I've been vaccinated, I've been on a few dates and had a few experiences and just like nothing, nothing's come of anything. Um, I am still enjoying my new home. And I am one of those pandemic home buyers. Before the market went super crazy, I got lucky. And I'm still really enjoying my home. I love it. Uh, This is my first experience buying a house by myself and living in one by myself. And just, yeah, it's it's really good. I'm really happy. It's one of those things that um, consistently keeps me grateful every single day. I have big news. I've gone sober. I know. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not consuming cannabis. I'm not doing anything, y'all. It's crazy. Um, I'm going to be completely transparent. I've been drinking since I was like, ooh, I don't know, 11. Yeah, I know. I was I was 
crazy Drew Barrymore before she was crazy Drew Barrymore. Uh, I've been smoking pot since I was 12. As believe it or not, in all of that, never became addicted. So it was super easy for me to quit drinking. No uh, withdrawals. I quit cold turkey. I quit pot cold turkey as well. And it's it's been great. I have no regrets. Um, my life is actually better for it. I haven't suffered any illness. I wasn't suffering through any illness. My liver, believe it or not, was actually in good shape. I did it really for mental health purposes. And it has been amazing. Now, I don't want to be one of those preachy people who's like, you should go sober too. I don't know that you should go sober too. Okay. I really don't know that's the answer for other people. I am not even experienced enough to give out that kind of advice. All I can tell you is my experience. And my experience has been that it's been a very positive thing in my life. Had you told me this time last year, you know what, Laura, you should think about going sober. I would have been like, fuck you. Are you fucking kidding me? Hell no. It's something that I did suddenly, you know, I didn't plan it. It just sort of happened. And at first it was, um, I was considering it a temporary lifestyle change. And as time went on, I was like, huh, I think it's going to be permanent. It, it's a permanent lifestyle change. I am not anti-alcohol at all. I wouldn't be surprised at a future wedding or a future New Year's Eve, I have a glass of champagne. Um, I am not anti-pot or anti-any other drug. Um, you know, of course, I'm anti-anything where people are abusing stuff to the point where they get addicted or something's being pushed on them or, you know, drug companies. We all we all know that story. It's just not for me. It just I decided that, you know, after being sober and experiencing clarity for the first time in I don't know how long, it's been great. I have always managed depression and anxiety. And now that I'm doing that management sober, it's been so much easier. Those little things that they tell you to do in order to manage depression, anxiety, like fresh air, exercise, uh, do something productive that gets your mind off things. Those things never worked. They always, that always seemed like bad, stupid advice because it never fucking worked on me. Now that I'm sober, it does. It's amazing. It's amazing that I can be just hit from out of nowhere with a bout of depression and do something as stupid as organize a closet and all of a sudden that funk is gone or do a workout or go for a fucking walk and and all of a sudden it's just gone. Same thing with the anxiety. So yeah, sobriety is working for me and it is a permanent lifestyle change. Another big monumental thing in my life, I just turned 50, five, zero, 50, the fab five, oh, I know it's shocking. I'm shocked. I went sober and turned 50 about the same time and both experiences have been great. Um, turning 50 is still something I'm getting used to. I'm still like, that's such a big number for such a small person. Uh, so I'm still wrapping my head around the reality of it. But I don't feel down about it. I don't feel depressed about it. I don't feel bad about being 50 and alone. None of that's bothering me. 
So yeah, it's so far it has been a good experience for me. And lastly, I'm back in therapy. I was in therapy um, I prior to kicking off this podcast, as a matter of fact. Then the pandemic happened and that my therapist wasn't available virtually or over the phone. And I basically just stopped seeing a therapist and I went through the pandemic without one and I did pretty well. I was pretty happy with myself. But lately I've been thinking about certain patterns in my life, certain traumas from my past that I've never really confronted and decided that I'm ready to do all of that. So I got back into therapy and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment and I'm sure I'll be referring to it throughout the season because it is already having quite an effect on me and I've been having all kinds of epiphanies that I'm sure will result in very good changes and I'll probably want to share that with you. This season is dedicated to making your dating life better in 2022. And let's face it, I'm also interested in making my dating life better in 2022 as well. One of the ways I plan on doing that is just, I'm going to focus on being more positive. Now that's fucking hilarious when you consider the name of this podcast is There Are No Nice Guys. I mean, the title alone is negative as fuck. But let's roll back a bit and let's discuss the whole origin of the title of this podcast. Now, I talk about it in my very, very first episode. The reason I have the name There Are No Nice Guys is because, one, it's provocative. I want to shock people. I want people to go, wait, what the fuck is the name of your podcast? I got to go check this out. I mean, it's meant to make people take a double take. I am not changing the name. I don't care how fucking positive I get on this motherfucking podcast. I am not changing the name. It remains, there are no nice guys. Reason number one, it's provocative. Reason number two is that it is a commentary on the trope the nice guy. And the reason I'm commenting on that is that we need to get rid of these fucking tropes. The nice guy, Prince Charming, the perfect man, the perfect woman, the girl next door, the slut. Fuck all of these fucking labels. They are toxic as fuck. They're not helping our dating lives at all. So let's cut this shit out. Third reason came about over the course of having this podcast for the title, for keeping this title, There Are No Nice Guys. And that is that, you know, the whole intention of the podcast was that I wanted to create a support group for women, a place where we could all come and share our stories. And the fact of the matter is that as women, as single women experiencing life as single people, we tend to bond over negativity, negative stories, shitty dating fucking stories. I mean, you know, our experiences with shitty men, we bond over this shit. This is how women bond. And it's not because we're inherently negative people, but it's because we have these experiences and we are fucking gaslighted all the goddamn time. 
You know, we maybe tell one of our married friends about our date and he said this and he did that. And am I crazy? Like this, this dude's fucked up. And, and that person who hasn't been single and God knows how long is like, uh, I kind of think you're being sensitive. So that friend didn't fucking help. Or maybe we go to our mother or our father or a, a, a sibling. We keep being gaslighted by people who mean well, mind you. They just don't fucking know. And we tend to live, um, especially for those of us who are just, who are nice people, right? We're good people. Most of us are good people. So we tend to see the good in others. We never want to jump to conclusions. We never want to stereotype. We never want to, you know, assume the worst of others. So we have to turn to other single women who are like, oh my God, I was ghosted too. I was also stood up. Oh my God, yes, this guy, you know, tried to make me think he was single. Turns out he was married. And oh my gosh, I was catfished also. We need each other because we are the confirmation for one another that we're not fucking crazy. It is a shitty dating world right now. Dating apps are hard. Dating is hard. Being single is hard. And being single during a pandemic is even fucking harder. So I was just trying to bond and build a bonding experience between single women with there are no nice guys. I didn't mean to build a toxic environment. I didn't mean to feed into your negativity and I don't want to fuel it. So if we are collectively going to make a commitment to making our dating lives better in 2022, it is imperative that one, I lead by example and two, that I encourage you and inspire you to be more positive because that is the only way we're going to make our dating experience better. Our single life experience better is by being more positive. So I ain't changing the name of this podcast because it is too goddamn good. But I am going to focus on being more positive with the content that I provide on this podcast. And you'll see. I'm also going to do a little bit more positivity on social media too. So if you follow this podcast on Twitter, at no nice guys, you know, that I love to share shitty dating profiles on their screenshots from Tinder or Hinge or wherever I'm on. And, you know, I find these really terrible, hilarious dating profiles. And I, I share them and I make fun of them. Well, it's too fucking entertaining. I'm not going to stop doing that. But what I am doing, and hopefully you've noticed, is that I am now sharing good dating profiles. So please follow me on Twitter, at NoNiceGuys, if you want a little bit of hope. If you were like, you know, they can't all be shitty men on the apps. They're not. There are some good ones out there. For whatever reason or another, they're just not a match for me. It could be like, I don't know. It could be their looks. It could be their age. Um, just for whatever reason. So if I see a good one, and I have on Bumble, on Hinge, or on Tinder, because those are the apps that I have um, active, I will share a screenshot and I will let you know, hey, go look for this guy. He Here's his dating profile. He looks pretty good. Go find him on Bumble. Go find him on Hinge. I don't know that you're actually going to go hunting for these guys, 
But I do it just so that you can get a glimpse um, and see that, yeah, there's actually some good guys out there. And so don't despair. Don't lose hope. I promise I'm going to try to make your dating life better and my dating life better just by being more positive. Now, while I do my part to make your dating life better in 2022, you got to do your part too. And you do that by empowering yourself and taking ownership of your dating experience. Now, I've given out this advice before and I'm going to do it again. But you got to know what you want. Now, I recommend listening to episode 18 of my podcast. It's called Getting Back to Dating. And in there, I talk about how you need to identify what it is that you want. Do you want marriage? Do you you want to just partner up with somebody and live in the same house? Do you want to just date a bunch of different guys? Maybe you don't want to date anymore. That's okay, too. But what is it that you want? And then what is it that you need to do to make it happen? Only you can make your dating life better for yourself. No one can do it for you. So you can listen to every fucking podcast out there about dating, about relationships, about being single. You can read all the self-help books out there. You can, you can even acquire the help of a dating coach or life coach. And I actually recommend coaches. I think they're just like therapists. I, I say go for it if you can do it. And, you know, all of these resources, podcasts, books, coaches, they can offer great advice, guidance, inspiration, but only you can take the actual steps toward improving your dating life as a single person. So I urge you to, to do your part. Identify what you want. Figure out your game plan as to how you're going to get there. And remember, part of knowing what you want means knowing what you don't want. So you need to know that too. And I, I recommend listening to episode 20, your, Does Your Dating Bio Suck? Now, it starts off pretty hilarious and funny because I make fun of dating profiles of men in this one. You know, like the stupid fish pictures and, you know, no shirt pics and, and the guys with attitudes like, you know, I'm 5'6 because apparently that matters, you know, all that shit. But the second half of the podcast episode, I do go over tips and ways for you to improve your dating profile so that you're attracting the kind of people that you want to attract. This is really important that I ask that you keep in mind. I've never addressed this before because it's something I'm just now discovering myself. But it's important to know what you want because you need to make sure that you are avoiding replication. And what do I mean by that? What is replication? It's when you keep repeating those same fucking patterns. You keep dating the same goddamn guy. I have been taking every measure I possibly could to avoid dating the man I married and the man I divorced. I don't want to date that guy again or marry him or be in a relationship with that guy again. I did a really good job of basically changing what 
I'm physically attracted to. Now I'm just no longer physically attracted to anyone who even remotely looks like my ex-husband. Like I'm only attracted to like complete opposite of him now. I was kind of still dating the same kind of dude, you know? Um, and what that's not working for me. I needed to identify those patterns. Like what is it that I, why am I still attracting this same kind of man? This isn't what I want. So it's important that you identify your patterns and you don't replicate them. You want something healthy. You want something that's working for you. What does the healthiest relationship you could possibly have look like? And that's what you should be aiming for and preparing yourself for. And one of the best ways to do that is to establish a healthy, loving relationship with yourself. This is why I've gone back to therapy. I really felt like I had that. And I did for the most part. I wasn't unkind to myself at all. But what I was doing was avoiding certain things in my life, certain elements, certain trauma from my past. And I was just basically reliving and replicating these patterns that weren't serving me. So right now I'm going through a process where I am identifying patterns that I need to break and toxic elements of my personality that I need to unlearn. An example is I'm very hyper-independent. I avoid vulnerability at all costs. I refuse to depend on others for help. And you know what this did? This led me to attract the exact same kind of man I don't want to attract. The kind of man who's attracted to a very independent, strong-willed, self-resilient woman who doesn't need anybody is the kind of man who is not dependable, who always disappoints. He's the kind of man who doesn't want to be needed. So all he's going to do is let me down over and over and over again. So that's what I've been attracted to in my life is men who are not dependable, men who are not mature, men who do not bring the same level of independence, strength, and reliability that I bring to the table. You know what else those kinds of men are? They're usually addicts, sociopaths, narcissists, men with anti-personality disorders. Now, I don't want to come down on people with addictions and sociopaths and narcissists and people with antisocial personality disorders because we all have our mental health issues. I certainly don't want to shame anybody. But let's be real. You can't be in a relationship, well, not in a healthy relationship, with someone who isn't managing those types of issues. I don't want to be in a relationship with an addict or with a sociopath or with a narcissist or someone with antisocial personality disorder. That doesn't work for me. That's not what I want. That's not what I envision for myself. So in therapy, one of the things that I've discovered is that what I don't want right now 
is I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't even want to date. Here I am with a dating podcast and I don't want to be in a relationship and I don't want to date. I don't even want to engage with men on dating apps. It's just not working for me. It doesn't feel good and I'm staying off of them. Now I am on for the content that I like sharing and I'm on there just so I know what the dating world is looking like currently for women. But I'm not swiping right. I'm not um, interacting with anybody on Hinge who's leaving me a like or who's like leaving me a message. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing any of that. I'm done. I'm not done forever. Let's be honest. I am not done forever. But I'm done right now. I just can't do it. It's not working for me. And so what I'm doing to make my dating life experience better in 2022 is that I'm taking a break from it for now. And I have no deadline. There's no pressure on me to get back to it at any certain specific time. But I'm just taking a break from it right now. I want to change my attitude about relationships. I want to change my attitude about dating. And I want to change my attitude about men. Again, I didn't mean to create a toxic environment with there are no nice guys. And I certainly didn't mean to create a world of negativity around me. I think if I, so long as I have a bad attitude about dating, about relationships, about men, all I'm going to encounter are bad experiences that validate and confirm my bad attitude. So I need to make some changes in my point of view and in my attitude. And hopefully that will change and improve my dating experiences. Okay, so how am I going to make these changes? What am I going to do? As I said to you before, you need to identify what you want and then you need to come up with some sort of game plan. So I've identified what I want. And what I want is to change my attitude. I want to be more positive about dating, about relationships, about men. So one of the things that, as I just said, I'm, I'm changing is that I'm going to start sh- sharing more positive content on this podcast and on my Twitter profile at No Nice Guys. I'm going to start sharing good dating profiles, right? So that's that's one thing that I'm changing. I've decided to befriend men. Think about that. Befriend men. That's how bad I was, y'all. I didn't have any straight, single male friends. Uh, my, my very best friend is a, is a gay man. And I do have straight male friends, but they're married. And I'm friends with the wives too. I'm kind of like a family friend. But I, I don't have any like straight, single male friends. So I've decided I need to do that. Purely platonic, non-sexual friendships with men. I think that will help me formulate a better opinion 
of men because guess what? I actually do know nice guys. I actually do know nice guys. I've actually been on dates with nice guys. And I've decided to start reaching out to them and hanging out with them as as friends, as platonic friends, just so I can have positive experiences with men that have nothing to do with sex and nothing to do with romance and nothing to do with, well, is this going anywhere? No, just friendships with nice guys. Now, my therapist did warn me that there could be still some sexual tension. I mean, straight men generally are attracted to straight women. But just like I draw boundaries with you know, my female friends, like maybe I have one that's too pushy or one that's too needy. There's really no reason why I can't draw boundaries with male friends too. So I am setting out on a quest to befriend men. I mean, when I was younger and before I got married and I I was single, I used to have male friends that I just hung out with, went to football games with, drank beer with. I used to have male friends when I was a little girl. I used to have all kinds of friends that were boys. I mean, I, I, yeah, I had my friends that were, my girl, that were girls, but I really did have friends that were boys. Like, when did this change and why did this change? I want some male friends. Lastly, and I'm not going to be doing it this season because I already have this season planned out, but beginning in season five, I've decided to start having men on the show. I have always had a strict no men on my podcast policy. But, you know, I've had men ask if they can be on the show. And I'm like, fuck no, no one cares. No one cares what you fucking think. So no. And then I've even had women like, you know, have you thought about having men? I'm like, no, no, we're not having men on the show. Men have enough platforms in the world For them to talk and bitch and act stupid. No, they're not coming on my show. But now I've changed my mind. Because I'm changing how I approach men and relationships and dating and the single life experience. Because men are also experiencing the single life experience. And why not talk to them? Why not talk to them about what their dating life is like? And, and who knows? Maybe I, I could even get through to a, a dude who's like, oh, I think ghosting's fine. And then somehow I get him on the show and I talk him out of ever ghosting another woman again. I don't know. We don't know what can happen. All kinds of miracles could happen. So, yeah, I am now opening up my podcast to male guests. Now, I did have a male guest on once. That was my very last episode, season three. That was episode 26. That was Dr. Jack, who is a body language expert. Of course, obviously, the only reason I had him on was, well, he's an expert. And so he's actually a really nice guy. I think he might be single, too. So you might want to listen to him because he's very intelligent and he has a lot to offer. So um, definitely listen to episode 26 and learn about body language and listen to the first man ever on this podcast. So to help you support your efforts and redirecting your dating experience into something more positive, I am committed to redirecting the vibe of There Are No Nice Guys to something positive too. I mean, I started this podcast as a support group. So you would know that you're not alone in your shitty dating experiences. But now it's time to bond over the challenges of dating and our moments of frustration 
and to come out of that by growing together, finding ways to overcome those challenges together and aiming to stay optimistic and positive and hopeful. I think it's important that you ask yourself, are you establishing a healthy relationship with yourself? Are you filling up your own love cup so that you have plenty of overflow to share with others? Your love cup, that's like your little area of your heart where you're storing all your love. Are are you filling that up for yourself? You shouldn't be filling up for others. The overflow of your own personal love cup is what you share with others. Are you good to yourself? Do you speak kindly to yourself? Are you giving yourself enough time to heal in between heartbreaks, in between disappointments, in between breakups? Are you parenting yourself lovingly. Look, I don't care how old are you. I just turned 50. We need to be nurturing ourselves and parenting ourselves because we never stop growing and we need that kind of self-love. I want you to review episode 21, Loving Yourself, for advice and tips on establishing a healthy relationship with yourself. When you take ownership of your dating life, your dating experience, your your single life experience, and you identify what you want, and you establish a healthy relationship with yourself, as well as work on yourself, you can change your whole attitude. You can change your point of view. And as a result, you can change your reality. So expect this season more positivity, a balance of the frustrations combined with some optimism and some hope. I want to help empower you to improve your dating life in 2022. I'm going to offer advice on dating efficiently. I'm going to offer you advice on dating safely. And in the next episode that I'm having next week. I'm going to bring a friend back, Michelle Frechette. Last season she was on and we talked about dating red flags. You know, those little red flags that are the uh, identifiers for like bad behavior or incompatibility. I'm bringing her back so we can discuss something more positive. Dating green flags. I mean, it's good to see the red flags, but you know what? You should see the green flags too. What are those positive things that a person does on a date or, you know, as you're text messaging or as you're talking and interacting and getting to know one another that make you go, huh, this could be a good one. This person has qualities I like in a partner. I like in a potential mate. So tune in one week from now when I have my friend Michelle Frechette on and we talk about dating green flags.
on me.